0: I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on 5th and Mission, one of the biggest pandemic fights in San Francisco revolves around this question. Should some major roadways be pedestrian-only promenades totally free of cars? It's a battle that pits drivers and cyclists, neighborhood residents, and city officials. It's a battle that can touch on issues like disability access and the scourge of traffic fatalities. And it's playing out now in some of San Francisco's most famed locations. A few weeks back, the city opened the Great Highway along the ocean, back up to cars five days a week. And now, as exclusively reported on sfchronicle.com, officials are deciding whether to keep John F. Kennedy drive through Golden Gate Park a pedestrian haven. Joining me today is the author of that exclusive, Heather Knight. She's our City Hall columnist and the co-host of the Total SF podcast, which you can find wherever you get Fifth and Mission. Heather Knight, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me again.
0: Yes, two days in a row, Heather. You've been busy.
1: Yes, it's like old times, but at least I don't have to prepare the script. I just answer your questions.
0: Well, you were supposed to prepare, actually. I, prefer... <laughs> I wrote the
1: column. That's pre- preparing.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let's let's get into it. I, I, there's a lot of really interesting things to talk about with these roads. But, Heather, the larger issue, why are we talking about car-free roads during the pandemic?
1: So back in March and April of 2020, as the pandemic struck, the city shut a few roads to cars to give people more space to exercise while social distancing. Um, The big ones were the Great Highway, JFK Drive in Golden Gate Park, and Twin Peaks. Um, The city also made some roads um, slow streets in which... Traffic is allowed if you live there for deliveries and stuff like that, but not for through traffic. So now that the pandemic is hopefully, knock on major wood, um, beginning to wind down, the city has to figure out what to do with all the changes it made to its streets. A lot of people want to see those remain permanently and even expand, whereas others who love their cars say, no, we want to be able to drive everywhere. We always were able to drive. Um, there's not this social distancing excuse anymore, so give us back our streets. So now City Hall is kind of in the middle and has to figure out how to handle that.
0: Okay, so we we had less cars. We were locked down. We closed these roads. It was supposed to be temporary, but we kind of liked it.
1: Yeah, I um, argued in one of my first pandemic columns that it was one of the silver linings. The time was so brutal in so many ways, but um, there were some changes that were actually nice and pleasant, like the parklets where you can dine outside and um, the ability to order a cocktail to go. And I also thought that, you know, um, these car-free streets were another boon. But a lot of people disagree with me, as is evidence from my inbox whenever I (laughs) write about it.
0: Being able to podcast over Zoom, another uh, underrated perk. <laughs> no,
1: that's not a silver lining.
0: Okay, maybe not. All right, so let's let's start with JFK Drive. It's obviously a very famed street. It goes by some of the most uh, beloved attractions in San Francisco. Um, how has it gone there? You've you've visited. You know how are people enjoying it uh, without cars?
1: Yeah, so it's been closed to cars since April 2020. It's only one and a half miles, um, which is a tiny fraction of the city's 1,200 miles of roads. Um, and so it's kind of amazing that even such a tiny piece of, of pavement can can create such a huge controversy. But this is San Francisco where anything can create a controversy. So um, we're talking about the um, JFK drive between Keysar and Transverse, and it passes um, – the Dahlia Dell, the Conservatory of Flowers, Skating Place, where you can see David Miles Jr. roller skating in his top hat and fur coat on a regular basis. Um, It goes past the DeYoung Museum, Academy of Sciences, and lots of the most popular places to go in Golden Gate Park. So there have been arguments about um, how do people get to these places if the road is closed to cars. But um, bicyclists, pedestrians, roller skaters, kids on scooters have absolutely loved it. It's um, so nice to no longer have have it be a highway where um, 75 percent of the traffic that used it before the pandemic wasn't even there for the park. They were just using it to cut through, you know, point A in the Richmond to point B in the Richmond outside the park. And it was just a highway that happened to be one of the most dangerous roads in the city where dozens of people were injured um, in the years leading up to the pandemic. So there were definitely um, negatives about it before. And it's really become this kind of escape in the middle of a city now.
0: All right, full disclosure, I have cut through uh, JFK Drive a few (laughs) times. It is quite quick uh, if you're making that drive. Apologies, Have
1: you been there on your bike or your feet since then? I
0: I have not been since the pandemic, but I have.
1: Okay, I'll take you. Next time you're in the city,
0: let me know. You're on. I'll sell
1: you (laughs) on this car-free idea.
0: So a couple of bigger issues that come out of that discussion. I mean, uh, on this road, on, on Great Highway, what do the neighborhood residents say? I mean, if cars are being sort of pushed back into the neighborhoods, is there some pushback? Or do people that live nearby love it because they're, you know, a short walk from this promenade?
1: It really varies. Um, it seems like the neighbors who live around the Great Highway, I heard more from them about being upset when they couldn't use it in their cars than I have from those who live around JFK Drive. Um Great Highway definitely is a major thoroughfare for people getting, especially from the Richmond district to um, to the south part of the city or to the peninsula. So um, I heard more from them also that they saw um, traffic that used to use that road kind of spill into their formerly quiet residential streets and and posing some dangers there. I haven't heard so much about that from those who live near JFK. Um, So it seems like the neighbors around there like being able to have this um, really close amenity where their kids can learn how to ride their bikes or, you know, they can just get exercise and not be scared of cars in a a busier part of the city.
0: All right. What about disability access? There were a lot of parking spaces there for people. We're talking about uh, JFK Drive.
1: Right. There actually weren't as many as, as um as we've been led to believe. The I met with some city officials in the park yesterday who said the overall loss of um disabled parking spaces was somewhere in the vicinity of like ten after you take into account that they've added many back nearby. So um the The big fight has been over accessing the museums. Um, It is harder for disabled people to have to park farther away and walk to the museums. But um, the city argues that there's this 800-space garage under the music concourse, whose whole purpose was to keep the surface streets in the park safer and quieter and more pleasant. It's actually in the city charter, something like... um, The garage would help it be an oasis for pedestrians. And obviously that has not been the case if dozens are getting hit by cars um, before. So um, it's a lot of issues to juggle, but I think the city has done a good job to add more disabled parking back. They're turning a parking lot behind the Music Concourse shell into ADA parking. And they're improving signage so that cars know they can drop off disabled people or anybody else um, in front of the museums and then keep going. They can access the garage without paying for 15 minutes to drop people. So there are a lot of other options.
0: All right. Let's take a quick break. We're talking with Heather Knight. She's the host of the Total SF podcast and a City Hall columnist about proposals to keep some roads car-free in San Francisco after the pandemic. We'll be right back on Fifth Admission.
1: You can support Fifth Admission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app.
0: Welcome back to Fifth Admission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Heather Knight, City Hall columnist and Total SF podcast host. We're talking about the proposal to keep some roadways car free in San Francisco. Heather, I want to ask you about where we go from here, especially JFK Drive. How does this decision get made? But first, you've written a lot about just the the sort of prestige of San Francisco, how attractive it is to, to people from all over and tourists. I mean, you've written about trying to keep cable cars in service in San Francisco. What about having roadways like this that are promenades? Does it make a difference?
1: I think so. I think that um, that the museums are looking at this as like a, a net loss of people to visit them. But I think a lot of people would rather go to a park that doesn't have cars zipping through on a highway and that they could actually attract more people on their bikes and walking and muni buses. Um, so it can be definitely a, a positive. Um, Look at what happened to the Embarcadero after they removed the freeway there after the earthquake. Um, So many more people use it, go to the ferry building. It's just a way more tourist-friendly place than it used to be. So I think it can definitely be a net positive.
0: But people were really worried about the Embarcadero freeway. Same with the Central Freeway. People are afraid that these things are going to jam up the city.
1: Yeah, but um, people usually find an alternative. Like I said, there's 1,200 miles of road, and so I drive. I'm not like um, somebody who only walks or bikes anywhere. I do all of the above, Muni and BART as well. And if you are stopped from going on one road, there's lots of other roads to choose from. So it's not like you cannot get to where you're going if one road is closed to you.
0: All right, Heather, I want to talk about where we go on JFK Drive. You said the city is still looking for input from people on both sides of the issue, Uh, What are the options for that roadway and what's the timetable?
1: Yes, we have the exclusive column, sfchronicle.com, where the Recreation and Park Department and SFMTA have collaborated on three options that they're presenting to the public now. One is keeping JFK car free forever. Two is going back to how it was before the pandemic where it was a busy highway during the week and Sundays it was closed to cars and some Saturdays. And some Saturdays it was closed to cars. Or the third option is sort of a strange one where cars would be allowed to enter from 8th Avenue, turn right onto JFK Drive and head west. And that portion would be divided um, with big like barriers down the middle. So pedestrians and bikes on one side and cars on the other. Um, The city kind of says that's an incremental compromise, which I would disagree with because closing one and a half miles to cars in my view, is is the compromise when there's so many other roads that are filled with cars. Um, so these three options will be up for debate, and the public can take a survey on the um, SFMTA website and go to forums. You know, this being the city, there's endless chances for bureaucracy and having your voice heard. So tons of forums and tours and Zoom sessions and surveys. And eventually um, the departments will take this feedback and land on their top choice, which all signs point to that making JFK car-free forever. Present it to the Board of Supervisors this winter and the board will vote. And we will finally, after 54 years of talking about it, have an answer on JFK Drive.
0: All right. I do want to ask you about that, that middle compromise option that you just spoke of. So you're talking about people coming on 8th Street, you hang a ride on JFK Drive, and, and do they think just a handful of people will do that and then park right there?
1: It would open up 16 parking spaces for disabled people. So that's the plus. Um, I think the museums may like it better because it does restore some parking and gets people a little bit closer. But um, the city does acknowledge it would slow buses who also are using that path and would make the whole that whole part of JFK far less enjoyable for people who are biking and walking. It also, ha- having half of it be totally car-free and half of it be half cars can be confusing, and you can just see kind of that, that intersection there being kind of a mess.
0: Okay, so I know you are f- favorable to <laughs> the pedestrian promenade. Did you get
1: that gist?
0: I I'm I'm getting that feeling. What about, (laughs) what about on the great highway?
1: That one is a weird one because, um, the city is farther behind in its schedule, still has to study it, look at data, come up with options, present them. The board will eventually vote. Same process, but they're farther behind on that one. The thing that's different is that several weeks ago, um, kind of randomly and unexpectedly, the mayor got together in her office with Supervisors Connie Chan, Gordon Martin, Myrna Melgar. Um, from my understanding, rec and Park, even though it's... Um, Partly their land weren't even invited or weren't there, and these four people decided that um, they were going to reopen the highway to cars during the week and keep it closed to cars on the weekends. They called this a compromise, and um, the part I didn't like about that was that um, we haven't even gotten to the final solution. We don't know what that will be or when it will happen, so it was just sort of another Um, round of arguing among everybody even now people are still mad about it on both sides drivers don't like that you know they can go to work or school on friday morning and then when they're going home friday evening the road is blocked to them again and i see complaints from them all the time i see um social media posts from bicyclists who are going out there on a regular basis and protesting by very slowly taking over the road and biking in front of cars who get really annoyed and honk. And it's just this arguing and drama playing out for weeks with no indication of when we're going to have the actual solution. So I think this process is better for JFK that they're not changing anything in the midterm. It's just going to wait till the final answer.
0: But you talk about protests, you talk about these long processes. It seems like what you're getting at is that people see this as more than just a, deb- a debate about one street uh, oh, and about for sure. the, the nature of what the city is.
1: Yeah, these go to so many of the city's crises right now. Um, we have a very high number of fatalities on city streets every year, Um The late Mayor Ed Lee said um, many years ago that by 2024, there would be no traffic fatalities and we actually have as many as we always did. So um, that is a huge problem. Um, The fact that we're supposedly a transit first city And yet the city's filled with cars is a problem, especially as climate change is literally heating up and car emissions are one big cause of that. And so um, a lot of people in San Francisco just say like, well, where are our values on all of these issues? Why are we filling these roads back up with cars? We should actually be trying to remove cars from more roads, not giving up the few that we had during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, it's sort of the same argument for, for a devoted bus lane, right? I mean, yes, of course it's gonna slow people down, but the idea is that it might change people's whole behavior.
1: Yeah. If you make it very easy to drive from one point to another um, all over the city, people are going to do that. If you make it a little bit harder, they will uh, maybe consider, oh, you know, this this route I could actually walk, or maybe this muni bus line would work for me instead. If you make it a little bit harder, I'm not arguing that there should be no cars in San Francisco, but if you make it a little harder, um, maybe people will p- change their behavior.
0: All right. Well, I have an idea for you. Maybe it's a column. Um, Or perhaps it's just a problem that I'm hoping that you can solve. But I believe that there should be one street from one side of the city to the other Mm -hmm. for people that are on bicycles, electric bicycles, that just goes straight through, Mm -hmm. right? Golden Gate Bridge to downtown. The problem is I can't figure out how you're going to get across all of the roadways and intersections.
1: They're trying to do that. Not the way you described from the bridge south, but um, from the bay to the ocean. So we have the Better Market Street plan from the Ferry Building. Then you can connect to the Slow Street on Page, which still has some cars, but not very many. Then you can get to the panhandle of Golden Gate Park. Hopefully, JFK stays car-free and um, parts of the rest of the park are slow streets. You get to the ocean. Then we need to restore the Great Highway car-free. You go south. And eventually, the southern part of the Great Highway in 2023 will be um, permanently closed to cars because of erosion and it's falling into the ocean. So you can get all the way there. And Jeffrey Tomlin, the head of Muni, actually said from there, he wants to have a path to get around Lake Merced, Brotherhood Way and into the Excelsior. So that's as far as he's gotten, but that would be amazing.
0: Wow, okay, so it's already happening.
1: (laughs) I figured it out for you.
0: All right, I was afraid it would involve like tubes and tunnels and things like that. (laughs) All right, well, Heather Knight, thanks a lot for joining me again.
1: Thank you. Maybe I'll see you tomorrow.
0: All right, we'll see. Thanks to my guest today on Fifth and Mission, Heather Knight. She's a City Hall columnist and the co host of the Total SF podcast. Find that wherever you get Fifth and Mission. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.